thanks for being here with us today. This is Kevin Conover. You're listening to Educate for Life Radio. I'm your host. My website's educateforlife.org, and we've got all kinds of resources up there um, that pertain to the Bible and how do we know the Bible is true and uh, all kinds of issues, whether it's creation or evolution, whether it has to do with world religions and all the different beliefs that are out there, Buddhism, Islam, uh, and, and so many others. Uh, we deal with things like how do we know the Bible is true? Um, and, uh, you know, what evidence is there to put my faith in God and put my faith in Jesus Christ? And uh, right now I've been having a lot of guests on my program that are dealing with a lot of the um, issues that have been popping up in our country um, that pertain to race and racism and, and uh, systemic uh, oppression and these sorts of things. Um, just because as a Christian, it's really important to be able to dialogue about these issues um, in, a, in a way that's both intellectual and also compassionate. So that's a really important subject. I've had quite a few different guests on my show um, talking about these issues. And uh, sometimes it can uh, get a little heated, but um, because obviously uh, it's a very personal issue for a lot of people. Um, not too long ago, I had Clay Williams on. He is a former basketball coach at CHS. Uh, awesome guy, also a math professor. Um, uh, last week, we had Eric Young on, and he's a fantastic guy. He is, um, works here in San the city of San Diego, um, helping uh, the mayor deal with the homeless problem here in San Diego. A very interesting discussion we had. And my guest today is Alfred Rowe II, and um, we, we uh, bumped into each other on Facebook um, after I did a post, and um, he disagreed with some of the things I said. And I, I um, just asked in my post if anybody would be interested in being on the program, and um, Alfred uh, went to Long Beach Poly High School. He's from Los Angeles, played football at USC, and he's also coached college football for six years. And um, so he's done a lot of uh, awesome stuff coaching and uh, being a mentor to a lot of young people. And Alfred, I just want to say thanks for uh, being willing to be on the program today. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I like to have people on um, just to discuss topics. I don't, I don't mind at all, um, just for those of you who are listening, and just so you know where I'm coming from, I don't mind at all if people disagree with me. I believe one of the best ways to get educated is to have uh, conversations with people that are coming from different walks of life, different perspectives, um, because a lot of times, um, you know, we, we are, none of us are infinite. We don't know the experiences of all people. And so I think one of the best ways to learn is to have these discussions, regardless of whether you disagree with people or not, and to be polite and be civil and do the best you can to hear where people are coming from and learn from them. So, um, Alfred, um, you know, we came on to talk about systemic uh, racism and systemic oppression. And um, I want to hear your perspective on these issues. Um, so a lot of people out there right now, uh, both on the left and the right and everywhere in between, are disagreeing on what the main issues um, that our country is dealing with and that the black community is dealing with. Um, they disagree on where the problem lies. And if you disagree on where the problem lies, then you disagree on what the solution is, right? So um, where, what I'm trying to do is get, get a better grip on these issues. Um, I, want to, I want to be um, thinking properly about these issues, and I want to be thinking biblically about these issues. So um, give me your background and your perspective. Growing up, um, was racism an issue for you? Is that something that you've had to deal with in your own life? And then where have, where have your ideas developed on this issue um, 
to, to where you are today. Can you start with your growing up and, and uh, what you dealt with growing up? Well, yeah, well, I, I grew up, actually, I grew up in South Central Los Angeles, um, uh, pretty much around the corner from from USC. You know, if they had a big game, I could hear the crowd yeah. um, from my front porch. Um, and so, you know, I, I was in the, I guess, the heat of the crack epidemic. So you see a lot, I saw a lot of people who were, you know, influenced by crack and it, my neighborhood was just pretty much ran down, um, still is. Um, so, you know, I, 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 the thing I can remember is as far as that, I, I remember the 92 riots, they burned down the liquor store next door to my house three times, you know? Oh <laughs> um, uh, and, and it was, that was interesting. And, you know, but you, you see a lot of things and, you know, it's good that you actually worked out how, what it was like growing up. So going into high school, um, my, my mom never wanted me to go to public school, never went to public school. I, and I'm glad to say I, I went to Catholic school growing up from kindergarten to eighth grade. And so when it came down to going to high school, we had to come up with a solution and we had to come up with something that was affordable. But the problem was that my mom didn't want me to go to a LAUSD school. So we had to figure out where we were able to go to school where, where they could afford it and where was a good education. And yeah. that's what led me to, to Long Beach Poly because the Long Beach Unified School District is, they have three schools, three high schools that's California Distinguished and two high schools that are National Blue Ribbon schools. So, you know, for a public school system, I can tell you this, my graduation, they, the first thing they do is they tell you every kid that's going to an Ivy League school. We have a kid from my high school go to every Ivy League school that, that, that there is in the land. So, um, you know, and that was a decision that was made. And um, you see a lot of, you know, you, you, you see a lot of things. And I, I don't know if I'm putting the card before the horse here, but um, a lot of people are saying, well, that's racist, that's racist. And I, and I heard a good quote. Um, there's a difference between being prejudiced and being racist. Yeah, yeah. Um, being racist is having a system to where a race cannot succeed ever. Being prejudiced is, you know, pretty much going by a stereotype or calling somebody out of their name that is not right or not wrong, but yeah. you still have a good heart at hand. And I think a lot of this confusion in this thing is a lot of people are confusing racism and and being prejudiced just because a, a, a white person says something doesn't mean that they are necessarily racist but they could have some prejudice to them yeah or it could absolutely. just be a prejudiced comment you know you know what i mean yeah for and sure so, I, you think, know, I think a lot of us uh, growing up you develop prejudices over time just by life experience you kind of uh think oh this is what i went through before therefore you anticipate going through it again you're just prejudging what's going to happen. It's kind of uh, the normal process. But it, like you're saying, it doesn't mean a person's necessarily racist. It's just their life experience um, has either uh, influenced their opinion for good or for bad, um, depending on what they've gone through. Yeah, yeah 100%. And that's something I truly agree upon. Um, I think the thing that brought us together was your comment, and we, and we just firmly disagreed. Um, I I just think that you know there. What comment of where, mine where specifically do you, uh, do you did you most disagree with? I just think that I just think that I, I it's just weird. Where like where do you start? You know yeah. do you, do you start 
do you start in slavery? Do you start? Uh, and, you know, I've been thinking about this and us talking and I always was like, you know what? The best place I think we should, we should start, which is more current, is we should start at Vietnam. And, and you know, Viet, when you look at Vietnam, and there's an interesting stat. At that time, 11% of the American population was Black Americans. 44% of Black Americans were drafted to go to Vietnam. That was the first, first, that was the first point at that time. I should say the first point, but at that time, that was the key of starting a systematic oppression and systematic racism of, you know, your communities, you know, the black father isn't in the home. Well, they drafted 44% of that population to go to war. You know, I, I can't give, I'm not going to give you a number of how many came back, but I can, I can tell you this, it was a tough war. They weren't prepared for it. And then you have, you have men who came back, you know, and not just black, but every person who, there was a lot of people who came back that were, that, that suffered from PTSD, you know, and, and then they come back home to their wives and waking up in the middle of the night and, and choking them or flipping out, you know, and that was just, a, a, that's just something that, a, a side effect of war. And all of a sudden, now they're in a divorce. Well, yeah. when you look at those numbers, there was more black divorces from Vietnam than any other race. Well, you know, hold on now. If we if we go back farther, there were plenty of flourishing black communities. Let, let's use the one everybody knows, the one that they actually put in the history book, the Harlem, the Harlem Renaissance, right? That was yeah. a flourishing black community. There was clubs, there was restaurants. It was an established black community. Everybody, it was black dollars being recycled and those types of things. And you know, um, that wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> At the end of the day, that wasn't supposed to happen. You could say it was, but that wasn't supposed to happen. Same thing with South Central LA. Same thing with uh, with uh, with West Memphis. You know, these were flourishing black communities. We know about Tulsa now after the George Floyd thing, but we don't know about all the black communities that were just just killed. So as I go forward, you know, the next thing that that hit our black communities was the crack epidemic. So you you go from this war. And then now you insert such a, a, a drug that is just so toxic and it just killed, it just pretty much killed these black communities. And, you know, I mean, long story short, fast forward today, it's what we have here now. So when, you know, when people are like, well, the black father isn't in the home, the government took the black father out of the home. The government killed, you know, flourishing black communities, you yes. know, and, and yeah. that. That and is, I, I agree with you. Right. I mean, I, I think it's the government's fault, personally. I think a lot of policy, uh, whether intended or unintended, I think there's a lot of policy that takes place that causes a lot of um, problems that the government doesn't foresee. They, they anticipate trying to do something good, but they end up, it end up producing something bad. And so um, I totally agree with, with you on that. I think the Can question- you give me an example? Of what? How do you think? Uh, what? What? Can you give an example of a policy that you think that the government is trying to help, but they really hurt? Yeah. So, for example, there was a free needle program um, up in San Francisco, in which they they found that um, drug addicts were were actually infecting other drug addicts because they were using dirty needles to to um, shoot up drugs. And so what they ended up was they started giving out free needles. Well, what you ended up with was just mass amounts of dirty needles. Uh, and you actually created more of a problem. 
um, even today, uh, uh, there's, I think there's a lot of unintended consequences to uh, particular actions like that. So that the government does. I could give you a better one. I could Go give you it. a better one. Yeah. Three strikes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, I, I watched the movie 13 and I saw uh, what they were saying about that. The three strikes, how they it had mass incarceration for uh, blacks. Uh, is that what you're referring to? 100%. You had, you had, you had black Americans going to jail for stealing a slice of pizza. You had black Americans going to jail and getting strikes for misdemeanors. They were getting charged as felonies, you know, and, and, and now, now let's look at this route. The, the president who, who implemented the three strikes law was who? Um, I believe, uh, according to the movie 13, it was uh, Bill Clinton, I believe. 100%. And Bill Clinton is a part of what political party? Yeah, he's a part of the Democrat Party, yeah. There you go. Now, who was the senator who was the majority whip at that time who pushed that bill? Um, I'm going to take a wild guess. I believe it was uh, Newt Gingrich. It was Joe Biden. Oh, it was Joe Biden. No, I, I did not know that. Oh, wow. It was Joe Biden. Now, now let, let, let's go back to the... <laughs> See, it's 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 a series of things that, okay. So why, when when did African Americans become? I'm sorry, and I don't like saying African American because I, I believe we are American. We were born here, and we have the same rights as everybody else. So Black Americans, when did Black Americans become Democrats? Yeah, well, it, uh, as far as I understand it, it was right after the um, right after the um, Lyndon Johnson started, um, uh, I believe, right in the 1960s. Is that correct? 100%. You, you do have the right, you do have the right president, but at that time he was a vice president yeah. running with Kennedy. And he, he, he stated a quote to get Kennedy in office. Do you know what that quote was? No. What was that? And, and I won't, and I won't say what he actually said, but he said, as long as we get this in words, to vote Democrat, I'll have them voting Democrat for the next 200 years. Yeah, I've heard that quote before. Yeah, and so, so, yeah, go ahead. So now you got the Democratic Party who were slave owners, who were from the South, <laughs> and you got a, a, a vast people who are voting for these people who are putting in laws that are going against them, right? Yeah. Um, so, and so, you know, and now you have things like, Okay, so now you have things like systematic uh, systematic oppression. Um, do you know how school public schools get their funding for the most part? Not for the most part, but you know, there's federal funding and things like that. But do you know how another way they get their funding? Well, my understanding is they get their funding basically by the amount of students that they have in the school. That 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 is one. That is one of the ways. But they also get funding from property tax. So whatever area you live in and the property tax that they take, then you, you, some of the funding goes to that school. So if I live in a two-bedroom house, and you're in San Diego, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. If I live in a two-bedroom house in Coronado, uh, and yeah, I live I in you're, you right? You're, so so you're saying you're going to get more money if you live in a rich neighborhood versus if you live in a poor neighborhood based on the property taxes. There you go. There, there, and that, 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 my friend, is racism. 
you know, yeah. which leads to now, systematic oppression. Yeah. So, but that now technically back to your definition of racism, technically that's not, not racism. It's an unintended consequence um, because the, the, that you can only raise so much money. It's not, it's bad policy is what it sounds like. It's bad policy. No, 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 no. It is racism because you got to go back to why, now, now, let me ask you this question: If these, if these black communities, if these black communities were still affluent black communities, where and they still had the same, and they still had the same communities that they did during the Harlem Renaissance area, do you think, do you think that it would be an issue? Well, then, of course, if if that same policy was in place, then you would be getting just as much money as any other neighborhood because you had a wealthier black community, and so you would end up with wealthier. Now, I'm, I'm opposed personally. I'm I'm not, I support school choice personally. I believe people should be able to go to whatever school they want to go to. I don't believe they should be locked into the local school if it's a failing school, but. No, then there shouldn't, and there shouldn't be a failing school. And if you want to choose to send your kid to private school, it's your money. And then that's what you want to pay to do. And that's what you pay to do. Yeah. But, but, but here, here, here's my question for you. Do you think, do you think crack cocaine was, was magically just, put in to these communities by a drug dealer. And so, you know, that's the thing that I don't know. And I, and I, I wouldn't be, you know, I think racism was a huge problem um, in the 1960s and the 1950s. And, and the farther back you go, I believe the bigger problem it was. But my question for you is, is racism the biggest problem today? Because it seems to me that there are not as many people that, uh, so for example, we've gotten rid of pretty much any racist law on the books. Now there's still racist people that are in leadership and they make racist decisions and that's horrible and they should be, they should be removed from whatever position they're in, no doubt about it. Um, but my question is, so present day, what do we do about these issues? So for example, you probably saw on the news the amount of shootings that took place in on Father's Day and on the Fourth of July, with kids uh, being killed in Chicago and these sorts of things, and my question becomes: um, We can say this was caused because of systematic racism. This was caused because of systematic oppression. This was caused because of prosecuting blacks at a higher rate because of crack cocaine, or or, or you know being uh, the justice system being wrong. And and I wouldn't disagree with that at all. I don't. I don't. Um, you know, I think there's a, that's a very real possibility, and a lot of that is absolutely true. But my question becomes, what do we do with it present day? Meaning, um, do you still think that yourself as a young black man faces issues in which you can't get ahead because of, you can't live out your dreams or you can't get ahead because of the racism that you're facing on a daily basis in your life? Or are you experiencing- That, 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 that happened to me. <laughs> that what happened, happened to me. Can you, can you share that with us? So, so I, I applied for a head coaching job at New Mexico Highlands, which uh -huh. I worked there, and I, I went on to Kingsville. The coach left, and I applied for a, new, a head coaching job in New Mexico Highlands. Um, I knew a lot of people there, and I knew a lot of people on the inside, so I knew what was going on. Um, the best three candidates were me, a coach from a, another team in the conference who was Hispanic, uh, a, and two white guys. Me and the coach from the conference who was Hispanic did not get an invite on the campus leading to us not getting the job. 
when I was sent the scores, the coach, one coach didn't even get an interview. His dad has money, so they were going to let him come on. The other coach scored so low, I don't know how he got on. And one coach, he did have a high score with us, so it should have been left to us to see if we were able to beat him out. But we didn't even get a shot. We and didn't even get a shot. You think that's specifically because of uh, the, the whoever was in charge was racist? At that school, they fired they fired four coaches. They had, they had fired four white males because of specifically because of racism. I, I see, and then I can't. I, I get where you're going, and maybe you know. And how do I explain this? Sometimes people are racist and don't know they're racist. Sure. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I mean, uh, I think that 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 is the case sometimes. But and I do still think you know people are outwardly racist. I I, I think that still exists. I've experienced it myself. Um, and so I don't think um, I would never negate anybody's experience where they were treated racist. I had um, Mason Weaver on the show um, a while back, and um, a white guy tried to kill him here in San Diego by dropping a eye beams on him while he was working um so there's no doubt about it that racism exists um i guess my question though is is so you got held back on maybe not getting a, a job that you wanted um but on the other hand we look at situations like you know 70 percent of the nfl is now black so um <laughs> it's, it's it's you want to go down that road huh <laughs> well well, I'm, I want to. I want to understand these issues. So that's all I'm trying to do. I, I, so no, 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 no. And I'm, I'm not saying it in a bad way. Yeah. I'm not saying it in a bad way. And and and, and I and I, it's a good old boys club, right? And so, like you said, so let me ask you this, Alfred. <laughs> Alfred, wait before you before you. I'll let you answer the question. But let me let me ask you this. So, is racism as an issue? Is it? Um, something that happens on a case-by-case -case basis present day, or is it something that is, you know, a lot of people um, think every white person is racist, right? There's even a movement right now that's saying that if you are, um, if you are in a minority, you can't be racist. If you are in the majority, um, you can be racist, right? And, then, and they'll say every white. Is, in your opinion, is racism an issue in which each person individually deals with a racist issue? Um, or is it that, because um, some black people will say, I haven't experienced racism in my life. I think it was one of the real popular ones that's all over social media right now is uh, Little Wayne, I think it is. Have you seen that, his post where he says he was saved by a white cop when he was a kid, he was gonna die and this white cop saved him. And then from there on out, he's never had an issue and he's actually felt supported by people all the time. So I guess I'm just asking, is it systemic racism or is it pockets of racism with individuals um, is, is where I'm going? I, I think it's both. I think it's, I think it's blatant racism where it become where you're, where you're a racist, where you're a bigot and mm -hmm. you, and you hang black people and you use the N word and you, you think that black people are just animals and you're well, nobody, that. Nobody's hanging black people present day though. No, what do you mean? A high school kid just got hung the other day in New Jersey. A dude got hung in Lancaster. There's people being hung all over the nation. And they're saying it's suicide, but the dude in Lancaster had two bullets in his back. 
Okay. The high school kid. The high school kid got hung at his school, I believe. Okay, I gotta look. They were gonna up. hang. They were gonna hang a dude. They were gonna hang a dude in Indiana on Fourth of July weekend. There's a full video about it. Okay. You know, I mean, and, and so it's just it's it's a it, it, you you're raised that way, right? You're part of the KKK. You're taught that, and you're 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 a bigot. And you're, you're racist, right? Um, and then you look at some some races are just. I think you, I think your prejudice makes it become systemic, right? And you have to make a decision on should we hire this person because I think affirmative action. California is trying to put affirmative action. I think affirmative action is racist. Don't give me a job because of my color. Yeah. Give me a job because I earn it. You know, and yeah. so and so that. You know, and so then that that's one of those things where you're just like, geez, like, you know, like you're putting things in that's not helping. And so there there are systemic issues. Like Little Wayne says that, but I mean, the, the music industry is, is one of the, the media is one of the biggest systemic races out there, you know, and the stuff that they put on TV, for example, they have this show called Married in Medicine. And these are black doctors who are women and they go out in public and they fight. And they act a fool in public. So you're telling me that these women who work so hard to become doctors still fit the stereotype. I find that hard to believe. I went to USC. I know plenty of doctors, and they don't act like that. that oh, that's no. Not fair. <laughs> that, well, that's a TV show where they're trying to get ratings and everything. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. I mean, they put people on, I hear what you're, on, on shows all I hear the time what you're, that are, are crazy. And, and I, love, I love the fact that you took that. I love the fact that you, you look at it that way. But you have to look at it. What is the stereotype of a black person? They're loud. They do this. They do that. And they don't know how to act in public. Now you're taking that and you're putting it on TV and you're broadcasting it for a bunch of people to see it. Yeah, well, I think you're you right. Get, I mean, I think Christians are stereotyped on TV, too, as crazy religious zealots. Um, and they always make them look stupid, you know. Uh, uh, not always, but frequently. That, that's what comes across in, in TV shows and all as people who don't think things through or bigots or whatever. So I totally hear what you're saying in that regard. Um, and that's not good. I guess, I guess what I'm trying to understand and where I'm trying to uh, get with this is, you know, what are the solutions to the issues we're dealing with today? I personally, I think fundamentally the solution is Jesus Christ. I think um, that he taught us uh, to love everyone. He, taught, he teaches us to love our enemies. He teaches us to lay down our lives for uh, our friends and and uh, he teaches us to pray for everybody. And so I think fundamentally um, what we need is we need a humble um, repentance towards God. But, but um, when I look at issues like, uh, so, and here, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the stats that I looked up said that around 9 to 13, they're somewhere between 9 and 13, Black unarmed blacks killed in 2019, um, but the total amount of deaths, black deaths, is around 7,000. And so that be, that being the case, and with so much death on Father's Day in Chicago, so much death on Fourth of July, and people are saying things like racism and police brutality are the main issues. Then you see the amount of death of little black kids in Chicago and, and innocent people. Um, and you go, well, shouldn't that be the main focus in 
shouldn't we be rescuing those people's lives um, when only nine unarmed black, I'm not saying that that's not bad, it is bad. We don't want any police brutality and the, there's no doubt there needs to be a reform in the prison system for sure. I'm all about that. I'm trying to get a guest on my show uh, for prison reform um, in the next couple of weeks to talk about that. But my question is, is why is there not more attention being paid to what's happening in Chicago um, when that seems to be such a bigger issue? And why I felt very attacked, obviously, on Facebook. Why was I attacked so aggressively for bringing up that when um, it didn't seem to me that police brutality is the main issue? That seems to be the main issue is how do we stop the innocent lives that are being lost in places like Chicago? Well, and, 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 that, and that's a good question. So let me ask you this question, right? So yeah. mid a crime, let's say, let, let, let's say you do mess up, right? Everybody messes up. There's no, nobody perfect in this world. Yeah. You commit a crime and then all of a sudden you get hit with a felony, right? You serve your time, you pay your debt to society. Now you got to go find a job. Then they ask, they, they ask that, that, that question at, at about the middle of the resume. I mean, sorry, in the middle of the application, they ask that question. And you know what that question is? Have you ever been convicted of a felony or committed a major crime? You click yes, more than likely you don't get that job. Yes, right? yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. So, and that happens more to what, what race of people? Well, I, based on what's happening right now, yeah, blacks for sure, it's, that's probably the case, yeah. Correct. So now you can't get a job. Now you're broke. You're hungry. So you revert to other ways to get money. Now, am I using that as an excuse? No, I'm not using that as an excuse. There's no excuse. My solution to it is, you're right. A lot of people do need God. A lot of people do need Jesus in their life. 100%. I'm not doubting on that one. But my solution is, when, when are we going to make it to where people... When we, see, they're talking about defund the police. It's not the police. Well, don't defund the police. When are we going to start giving these people more value? When are we going to come up with programs for, for these people to where they can get jobs, where they can become a sub driver or maybe a welder, or, you know, they work some type of labor to where they can get a job when they're convicted? When, when is that going to start happening? You know, these, yeah, that, I, a lot of these people, go, ahead. go ahead. I was going to no, say, I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> a lot of these people don't have any value. A lot of these people don't have value in their neighborhood. And they're doing whatever they could do. They're doing whatever they could do to, to get paid, right? We need to yeah. start hearing more to our neighborhood. We bring more value to our neighborhood. Now we don't have this problem, right? Um, see, and then I can I can go on. I can also go on and say, I don't think I don't think black people were killing black people during those times on you know, Fourth of July. There was a lot of shots that were a lot of professional shots, and I think it, there's a little conspiracy that I could go through. But you know, we're we're not gonna go down that road. <laughs> mm. But yeah, there, there's some. Of, you know, there's a big thing talking about defund the police, and the police need to prove why, why they need to not be defunded. And we'll just leave it there, right? All, all I'm saying is, when there's mass shootings by amateur people who do not know how to use a gun, there's a lot of misses. 
all of a sudden you're telling me amateurs could hit 130 something people. Yeah, I, I'm not going to believe that. Mm-hmm. There, so see that there. But we can go back to we need to figure out how we can get value into the black community. How can we make people worth it? If I if put it like this, if somebody had a job and they could buy their kids something for Christmas, and when they buy their kids something for Christmas, it's not an issue and it won't set them back. And then all of a sudden they get a friend, and that friend said, "Hey, we should go do this." And that dude says, "Man, I'm not about to lose my job for this." If we get one to do that, and all of a sudden his friend gets his friend gets him that job. And next thing you know, one leads to three. And then all of a sudden, you know, three leads to nine. Next thing you know, we got 100,000 doing there. A lot of things change in those communities. But we don't have that opportunity in those communities. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, um, I, I mean, I hear what you're saying. So, uh, and I just want to read this verse because um, I think this is really important. Matthew chapter 25, verses 35 through 37, it says, um, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. This is Jesus talking. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? And he goes on to emphasize. And then Jesus, of course, says, whatever you do for the least of these, you do for me. So um, I have no doubt that there needs to be uh, prison reform and there needs to be um, changes to be able to help people get back on their feet after they've fallen down and messed up. There's no doubt about it. Um, I'm just trying to figure out what the solutions are. I, I know that right now the, the, um, the black family is in, in places like Chicago is, has been devastated um, with the amount of out-of-wedlock birth, with the amount of abortions that have taken place, with these sorts of things. And so I just think we really need to um, do whatever we can to help um, this pro- problem and uh, find solutions and, uh, of course, end any systemic oppression or systemic racism that exists, uh, no doubt about it. Um, so, you know, yeah. go ahead. Were you going to say something? No, I, I, I was just agreeing with you. I was saying, yeah, go ahead. You're good. I'm listening. I'm listening to what you're saying. So, personally, um, I believe that a lot of the government policies that have been in place, again, whether they're deliberate or whether they're, um, you know, unforeseen consequences, I believe that's what's hurt the black family. So I agree with you. And, and you know, when, when I was on Facebook having a discussion about this, um, I said, you know, I don't think police brutality is the main issue. I don't think even racism is the main issue. I think the breakdown of the family is the main issue. And I think the breakdown of the family has happened because of bad government policy. And I, I saw a guy on there and he was saying, you know, I don't care about politics. I don't care about who's the president. I don't care about political party or political affiliation. But the main problem I have with that is that the Democrat party, in my opinion, is enacting policies that are harmful to the family and ultimately they're harmful to all of us. And, you know, I was just reading a stat that said recently that, um, there's a huge, uh, probably four or five different polls that have now been taken that are saying that a uh, black voter turnout for uh, conservatives, for specifically for Trump, is higher than it's ever been, uh, between 30 and 40 percent right now. Um, what's your opinion about that? Do you think that's, uh, do you think there's a reason for that? Do you think it's real? Do you think that's not real? What do you think? 
I just think that my generation is finally finally seeing the light. I think my generation finally understands that. Well, I mean, I think my generation is, is more educated. I think my generation um, understands that it doesn't. You you have every right to vote for whoever you want to vote for. You have every right to 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 believe in what you want to believe in, and and you can vote for who you think is the best for our country. Um, I, and I'm I'm gonna be 100% honest with you, and, and probably people who listen to me in 2016, I voted for Trump. I felt like that was the best possible person for the the, the country at, at the time. Um, I felt like the economy, and I, I'll tell you why. I felt the economy was already on the upswing, and I felt like he could get it going back, get it back going on the upswing even more, which he did. I, I believe he had a lot to do with that. Yeah, um, I agree. The things that he, the things that, the things that he's done now, I don't agree with. The things that Joe Biden plans on doing, I don't agree with. I could tell you right now, I, I'm not going to vote for a president this year. Um, I'm going to leave it blank. What is it that you don't like that that Trump and Biden are doing? I think I think that Trump I think that Trump I think that Trump is is a blatant is I I don't know if he's blatant, blatantly racist or I just think that he's ignorant. And I think he's ignorant towards racism and I think he's ignorant towards race issues. And I think he's playing the game, trying to get his crowd to vote for him again. But he's not thinking about what is going on on the other side of the people who, who there's there's people who are standing and standing and waiting for this to happen, to vote for Trump again and to move in the right direction. And he just pushed them all away. He closed. I know a lot of put it like this. I know a lot of people in Texas from coaching in Texas that aren't going to vote for Trump. Put it like that. Mm. And these, these are white people. And Texas is, is, is a red state through and through. So you, know? you, think, and, you and, think that Trump has done something that, that uh, demonstrates he's potentially racist? 100%. What, what, what exactly? Um, let's start with when the guys, the militia went into Michigan, the Michigan, uh, the, it went into Michigan and they had guns. He said, these are good people. We need to hear them out. When the black militia walked up to the KKK building with guns, they're villains and they're trying to start problems. He said that? Yes. All right, I'll have to look that up. I'm not familiar with that. Well, do you think... So, uh, go ahead. So, you know, and, and, it, it, and, and, and that's my main reason. You know, I just don't think... I just don't think he... I, I, I just don't think he's aware of what he's saying. I, and there's also other things. I don't like how he handled the COVID thing. I do, you know, that's another issue too, but uh, it's just that thing too. Joe Biden's just a blatant racist. I'm not going to vote for a blatant racist. Um, yeah. He actually, <laughs> it is spoke it is. At, he actually spoke at Robert Byrd's uh, memorial um, and called Robert Byrd, who was one of the, was in the Ku Klux Klan himself. And he actually uh, called him his mentor and a hero. Um, which is insane to me. I don't even know how he can be the Democrat candidate. I don't even understand that. But um, well, I can, let me I can go tell, ahead. tell you why. Because this is that's London Beach Johnson plan in full effect. Mm. You know what I mean? That, that, that is. Let me ask you this. Yeah. If 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 a candidate came up and said, let 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 let's let's just go back in time. Let's go to 20, 2000, 20, 2016 is a good year. 
because that's when the big red and blue victory really started. It was a good year. That's a good year to use. If a candidate walked up on the stage at a presidential debate and said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to fully fund education. I'm going to fully fund health care. I'm going to fully fund the military. And I'm not big on universal health care, but if it's the best thing for the country, then we'll do it. But I'm going to find a solution to put us in the right position for health care. If, 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 uh, if, a, if a president came up on stage and did that, would people vote for him? Well, sure. Okay, uh, now, now. Because he says it, but, but he doesn't necessarily do it, right? <laughs> no, yeah, and then it, it always gets to that. Yeah. Um, now, if he came up and, he's, and he was a Republican and he did it, what would happen? Um, he'll, he'll get drugged through the mud, pretty much, no matter what. If he was a Republican or a Democrat, he'll get drugged through the mud. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because, because of his party. If a man comes up there with the best policy ever for this country to put this country foot forward, people, people will, people will still drag them through the mud because yeah. of party. Yeah, and that's that makes true. Absolute, that makes absolutely no sense. We had people, and I, I'll probably get bashed by people on your show that listen to this. We had people go to the polls and vote for Obama just because of his race. And they did not vote for him because of what his policy was. Yeah, that's true for sure. Yeah. Right, but on the flip side, nobody voted for Ben Carson. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. And all that's because, thing. all because Ben Carson was a Republican, and that was Lennon B. Johnson's plan. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah I agree with you completely <laughs> on that. There's no doubt about it. Here, let me end with this question because we're almost out of time here, um, Alfred. But um, so, I, you know, I um, I had somebody uh, write to me on Facebook and said, "How are black people supposed to get ahead?" And I looked up some stats, and I want to read this to you, and I just want to get your opinion. So I I looked up um, who's running Chicago, right? So it's it says here, so blacks make up somewhere around thirteen percent of the population. Um, Chicago has a black female mayor, a black female president of the Cook County Board of Commissioners, a black female city treasurer, a black female CEO of Chicago Public Schools, a black female president of the Chicago Park District Board of Commissioners, black female president of the Metropolitan Water Reclamation District of Greater Chicago, black female lieutenant governor in Springfield, black police superintendent, black fire chief, black head of the Chicago Transit Authority, the Chicago Housing Authority, the Chicago Board of Education, and the Board of Chicago City Colleges. The Attorney General for Illinois and the Secretary of State are black. Carol Mosley, Ron, was the first African-American female U.S. Senator more than 25 years ago. So I, I said, look, how can you say that we haven't made progress? How can you say that um, racism is at least, sure, it still exists, but it's not holding people back the way it was? I mean, do you agree with that, or, or do you disagree? Do you think we're making progress, or do you think we're, we're moving backwards? I don't think that we're making progress because they're Democrats. Democrats is the most racist party in the political system. And those people are pretty much puppets. And they're going by the racist way by being Democrats. If they were independent, maybe. But 
I, I, I'll, I'll never, after doing all my research, I'll never support another Democrat as long as I live. Okay. We need, <laughs> we need to. That's not the answer I need, expected, but okay, I'll take it. I, we need to, we need to figure out how to come up with a political party that stands for our own so we can make our own rules and we can get ahead. Are we on path to getting ahead? Yeah, we're way ahead than what we were years ago. But are we are we getting ahead at the pace that we need to? I don't think so. I don't think so. As long as long as African, I'm sorry, as long as Black Americans remain Democrats, we'll never be able to get ahead because we'll still be able to vote the racist in the White House and and to be governors and and be puppets for racists, and we'll never be able to get ahead. Okay, Alfred, Alfred, I agree with you, man. That was, that was great. Hey, um, I really want to thank you for being on the program today, man. Um, it's been a blessing having you. Thanks for uh, being willing to share your opinion and, and uh, brave, the, brave the station here. So um, thanks a lot, No man. problem. Thank you. Okay, God bless you, man. I'll be praying for you. Uh, for thank those you, of you. You got it. You got it, man. For those of you listening today, uh, my website is educateforlife.org. Please check it out if you get a chance. We're going to have a great show next week also uh, with Seth Gruber and uh, his ministry, which is incredible. And um, we're down here in Southern California on K-Praise, 1210 AM. We're also on FM 106.1. And then we're also all over YouTube. I've got hundreds of shows up talking about these issues, trying to have a biblical perspective and um, trying to love people, but love them intelligently. And so uh, God bless you. And I hope you have a great weekend also. Take care.